0: Welcome to the Journey to Heal podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Sutherland. I'm a writer, author, and the founder of Journey to Heal Ministries, a ministry dedicated to helping survivors heal from past sexual trauma by leading them to hope in Jesus Christ. As a survivor myself, I know how challenging and lonely the healing journey can be. This podcast is dedicated to providing hope and inspiration for anyone on a journey to heal. Whether you're a survivor or love someone who is, I am delighted you're here. Hello and welcome to the Journey to Heal podcast, episode twenty. This episode is kind of a fresh start because I have been a little bit off in in uh, sharing podcasts since um, the last episode with my husband. Uh, in February because it's just been really busy over at Journey to Heal. We have been leading Journey to Heal groups and working with women one-to-one, helping them process through their stories of past sexual trauma. We've been just doing a lot of things um, and have some exciting things ahead towards the end of this year, um, projects that we're working on to help implement the Journey to Heal program within churches across the country or to at least make it easier. Easier to implement. So lots of good things happening, but just I had to kind of put the podcast on pause while uh, we got through all those things. And actually, the other thing is we had our fifth annual. Hope Run event. It's a 5K, one and a half mile walk run challenge that we do virtually and locally uh, during the month of April, which is uh, Sexual Assault Awareness and Prevention Month and Child Abuse um, uh, Awareness and Prevention Month. So it's just a great opportunity to kind of raise awareness, to get our community involved in a way that typically it can't be um, in the safe and private spaces of walking women through sexual trauma. So it's a fun event that we do each year, and we just had a great turnout. We're so excited. We had 380 participants this year, both locally and uh, virtually combined, and just loved that. We also had a chance to... If you follow us on social media, then you know we had a chance to visit with Adrienne Simeone of The Mama Bear Effect, who I hope to have on the podcast soon. Um, Adrienne is the founder and director of an organization called The Mama Bear Effect, which you can literally go to her website at themamabeareffect.org and learn more about her. But she is um, hard at work in terms of developing Resources and um, trainings and and materials. Uh, to help equip parents and caregivers and how to protect children from sexual predators. So just loved being able to spend time with her. Our team um, got to visit with her when she came and spoke at our uh, second annual End 1 in 10 event at Port City Community Church here in Wilmington. So it was just, it was awesome. Um, And uh, I look forward to hopefully having her on the podcast soon and be able to introduce you to her in that way. But This particular podcast episode, what I'm going to be talking about is something that I think is so relevant to where we are right now, and that is identity. Where we are right now in a culture is we're having an identity crisis, if you haven't noticed, and I think that... We need to get back to the roots of where our identity stems from, especially if you have been through any form of past sexual abuse or physical or emotional abuse, maybe in your childhood or adolescence or young adult years, and it has really, like it did for me, uh, really just waged war on your sense of identity. I'm really speaking to you because I feel like it's so important for us to understand that the things that happen to us while they shape us in certain ways and and our worldviews, they really don't define who we are. Who we are is defined in Christ, and this is something well, actually, who we are is defined through Christ, most definitely defined by God in who He is and 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 what he has done, um, and how he sees us. So I talk about this in my book, Journey to Heal, and I talk about it particularly in chapter eight, and in it, I cover seven really important truths about you that you can find right in the Bible. And I love it because in these seven truths, we get a sense of who we are as far as what God says about us. And how he sees us. And really it says a lot about God, these particular seven truths. So I'm going to kind of take some time over this month um, and dive into those. But I'm going to start with the first two. And the first two truths that I cover are Um, The first one is that we are handcrafted and wonderfully made. See, I love this. Psalms 139, 13 through um, 16 says this. And David wrote this particular psalm. Excuse me, psalm. And I love it because it just echoes the truth that we are intentionally made. There are no accidents with God. He doesn't make mistakes. In in spite of what the world might try to tell you, my friend, God does not make mistakes. There is no error with him. His ways are perfect because he is perfect. So I love what David wrote. He said, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body, All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Is that not incredible? And you know what I think is really important here is just to understand, you know, God, when he made man, he was intentional. And and that kind of leads into what I'm going to share next. The second truth that I share in this chapter is This, that we are made in the image of God, intentionally made in the image of God. In the book of Genesis in the Bible, Genesis 1 and 2 in particular talk about creation and kind of dive, it it dives down deep into how man was made, and it is worth your time to Take a pause at some point, maybe today, maybe sometime this week, and just go. If you don't have a copy of the Bible, you can literally go to the U Version Bible app, download it, and read Genesis chapter one and chapter two, and then maybe just kind of read it again and marinate on it a little bit because it's really cool what God Has done and how he laid out the foundations of the world, completely did all the creation, put everything together before he made man. It is amazing. So it says in Genesis 1 that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And he saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness and called the light day and the darkness. He called night and there was evening and there was morning. And that was the first day. And then each day thereafter, if you read in Genesis one, you'll find that God, he, he began to just put things in motion. He put the first thing he did um, on the second day was he let there be a vault. He said, he said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate the waters above and the waters below. And. Basically, um, he called that vault sky. So when you look up in the sky, it's literally a vault. It's a separation between heavenly waters and waters below. Then on the third day, he said, let the water under the sky be gathered in one place and let dry ground appear. So on the third day, literally God uh, created the dry ground. He created this separation between the seas or oceans and lakes and rivers, um, and the dry ground. And he saw that it was good. And then he said, let the land produce vegetation. So all the seed bearing plants and trees and everything, all according to their various kinds, he put all of that together and and basically told the land to produce fruit. And that was the third day. Then on the fourth day, he put the stars in the heavens. He said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years and let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And God then made two great lights two great lights that we refer to as the sun and the moon. And he basically said, let the greater light govern the day and the lesser light govern the night. And he made all of the stars and he set them in the vault of the sky to give light to the earth and that was the fourth day. Then on the fifth day, he created um, all of the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. And he told them to be fruitful. This was, this is really interesting. He spoke to the birds and the fish and he said, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And that was the fifth day. Then on the sixth day, He said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, everything that moves on the ground, wild animals, each according to their kind. And God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And he saw that it was all good. Then he said, and this is the kicker, this is where your identity begins. God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image, in, his, in the image of God, which is God the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit, in the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. In in his image, in his likeness, and God is spirit. So we're not talking about a physical likeness, we're talking about morals and uh, uh relational um, being relate you know um, excuse me, we're talking about morality, being social or 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 um, relational um, and creativity, intelligence that's what we're talking about. So in God's image he created man male and female he created them and God blessed them. And he said, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over every living creature that moves on the ground. And God said, he said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. He said, they'll be yours for food and to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. And God said, God saw all that he made and it was all very good. And that was the sixth day. And then we know he rested on the seventh day. He he rested from all his work and he calls us to do the same thing. So at the root, at the heart of your identity, my friend, is is what God said. It's what he did, which is he created you. First and foremost, he created you on purpose. If you're a woman, he did that on purpose. If you're a man, he did that on purpose and for his purposes. And he gave you authority. He gave you a task. He gave you a job, a purpose, and that purpose is to have dominion over the, the, the beasts of the earth and the birds of the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, to have dominion over that. And wow, I mean, isn't that amazing? He gave you dominion, told us to Fill the earth and subdue it to rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every living creature that moves on the ground. That is our purpose. We were made in God's image, his likeness, and we were given a huge responsibility and task to fill the earth. That means to multiply. uh, And literally, that means to (laughs) reproduce. And to subdue the earth to have dominion over it and to rule over the fish and the birds and all the creatures along the ground so my goodness and of course in chapter two I love chapter two of Genesis because it goes even deeper into... The account of Adam and Eve and the creation of man, the creation of woman, most specifically it goes in, it dives into, whereas Genesis one is kind of like an overview. Um, Genesis two, chapter two goes into more specifics of how this happened. Then chapter three dives into the fall and, and kind of where things changed. And in my next episode, I'll talk more about that. But in chapter two, I love, I love, love, love what God did See, God, he, he created man out of the dust of the earth and he breathed his breath of life into man. That is amazing. See, man is the only, only uh, creature, for lack of a better um, word, that God breathed his breath of life in. And then he put him in a garden that he planted uh, specifically that God planted and that garden is called Eden. He put him in it to work it and take care of it. And, the, and then he said to man, he said, you're free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you do, you will certainly die. And right after that, this this tickles me every time. I don't know if those that compiled the Bible it did this intentionally um, or not, um, but I do think it's funny that the 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 way God inspired this particular um, uh, gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? The way God kind of inspired the order of these verses, but. What's interesting is as soon as, as God tells Adam, hey, don't eat from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because when you do, you'll certainly die. Then the Lord says in verse 18, chapter two, he says, the Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And then enters woman, um, which is beautiful what God did. So women. If you're listening to this, this is absolutely gorgeous. See, God did not. ah, He doesn't do anything um, by happenstance or, you know, just kind of on the fly. God is intentional. And. He approaches everything with such creativity, with such intentionality. It's so on purpose and so perfectly done. So the Lord um, formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and the wild animals. But for Adam no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused, this is, this is how woman was created. The Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then he closed up the place in the flesh and the Lord God made a woman from the rib. He had taken out of man and he brought her to the man and he said, and the man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. And that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. There's so much here that is fascinating and amazing. And there are are many, many commentaries on this that you can dive into and dig deeper and really look at at all the, all the, um, uh, meanings in this. Um, but what I think just on the surface, we need to note, um, as women who, um, if you're listening to this and you're a woman who has been, you know, experienced sexual trauma in her past, you, your identity has just been ravaged in so many ways. And I get that. I understand that. I, 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 have been through that, but, when i come back and i look at who i am at my core where did all of this begin what is my purpose i come back to genesis right here and i look at this and i go god you did this on purpose for a purpose you created woman not out of adam's foot <laughs> you so he can so she is is beneath him you didn't create him from create her from his head so she would be above him. You created her from his side so she can be a companion and a helper to him. That is incredible. And it helps me as a woman to know the value of my place as a woman in my marriage the value of my place as a woman in God's kingdom and so much more. So our identity is, is founded in biblical truth right here. And that is that God made man kind in his image and he made them male and female. That was on purpose and he breathed his own breath of life into Adam, took Eve from Adam's side, created Eve, sorry, from Adam's side so that she could be a suitable helper for him. And that word helper, we, I'm going to dive down further into that in the, in, in, um, Another episode because it is absolutely fascinating what that word actually means in the original language, um, in the context of uh, Genesis um, where it's found uh, here in in chapter two, and so um, we'll talk more on that later. But for right now, I just want you to know, my friend, you no matter your story, no matter what you have been through, those. Things, your story, your uh, traumas, um, the the uh, if you if you've experienced childhood sexual abuse, all those things, all of that does not define who you are. You can let it. You can certainly let it. You can live out of that uh, pain and that hurt and that trauma if you if you choose to, or you can choose to look at that as. Things that happened to you versus who you are. Certainly those uh, uh, situations and circumstances, um, those painful um, um, experiences, they shape uh, a lot about how we see ourselves, how we see the world, how we see God. They shape our fears, all of the above. There's no doubt about that. Um, they do definitely leave um an impression and impact us in a very profound way. I'm not suggesting that they don't in any way, but I am suggesting this truth that I have come to realize in my own healing journey. And that is, wow, that those, the childhood sexual abuse that I experienced as a child, that just does not define me. And I won't let it. um, Because I don't want to live out of that. And I imagine if you're listening to the Journey to Heal podcast, it's probably because either you've experienced something like what I have or you know someone who has and you're just trying to learn and, 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 and gain some insight and information that might be helpful to you or to a family member or a friend. Listen, I want you to know. Sexual abuse and sexual trauma, it hurts like the Dickens. It's terrible. It, it, it's, it definitely permeates every aspect of a person's being, but it does not get to define who we are. Um, only God gets to do that. And who we are in, according to God's word, is so much more than the sum of our experiences Who we are is literally God-breathed. We are God-breathed. We are made in his image. We are deeply loved by him. And most importantly, we're made on purpose and for a purpose. So in all of that, as I kind of wrap up this episode, I would love for you to go. Take some time this week. Don't take my word for any of this, please. I want you to go pick up your Bible. And again, if you don't have a copy of the Bible, I would encourage you to go get one. Um, But definitely you can download the YouVersion Bible app and you can look at it from there. Um, But go get a copy, pick it up, read chapter one and chapter two, and just see what God might speak to your heart about who you are in him. It's been a delight to be on here with you today. I look forward to coming back again next week with another episode on our identity according to God's word. Talk to you soon. Bye for now.